Hello. Hello. All right. Rose show. Yeah. You know why I was, um, I remember I was going to take a nap? Yeah. So instead, I got into a YouTube black hole, but instead, it was just one video. <laughs> For an hour? Uh, yeah, kind of, actually. So I'm watching the uh, 2016 Classic Tetris World Championship. Oh, nice. Guess who it is? It's our buddy. <laughs> yeah, Jonas. <laughs> so uh, he's actually in Wikipedia now, which is kind of crazy. He, he really? Well... I don't think he has his own entry yet, but there's a classic Tetris World Championship, right? This is pretty. This is pretty impressive because uh, the contestants play on an actual NES uh, and CRT televisions, like the old school televisions. The final rounds are streamed online with live edited screens and a heads-up display to improve viewer experience. The tournament has been dominated by Jonas Neubauer, who has won six titles and only lost the final in 2014 to Harry Hong. Wow! So he's been doing this for seven tournament seven Ooh, years man. and he's won man. every single one spoiler alert <laughs> he's a that dude used pretty to be, awesome uh, that dude used to be one of your bffs man yeah 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 so kind of cool to to see uh people doing the thing uh wh- like, whatever I, that thing is so yeah like yeah. i don't know if i told you this but um there's this um basketball player that he he used to play for like our high school basketball team whenever we were in high school mm-hmm. and he now he's dating michelle Wee. oh really yeah, okay so, like I, I have I, I went through like not a youtube black hole but just kind of like a facebook stalking yeah sure fate, like a little sesh mm-hmm. and then um I, I like i stumbled into that guy and i'm like i wonder what he's up to now mm-hmm. and then i started looking at pictures and stuff and there was one of him and Michelle Wee. So mm-hmm. I figured it was like an autograph session or something or like a, you know, <laughs> meet, meet, meet the celebrity type of thing. Right. But then it was like, it was like them on a balcony and like she was holding him. Like they were holding each other. This is a really good fan club. Yeah, that they got like, going well, on she, here. Man, she really likes her, her. She really wants to hold on to her fans. Yeah. But, um, and then like, so I, I Googled like, uh, his name and her name and stuff, and then there was like an article, and it said, "Yeah, they're uh, they're they were dating." Okay. Yeah, it's. Well, do they? They'll do you know, right? right? Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes I get into these weird, like uh, those stupid ads that have like, "Oh, look at these where these celebrities are now," and it's like, "Man, whatever." And I'm like, oh, "I wonder what they're up to now." And then I click on them, and it's like a slideshow, <laughs> like fifty, you know, people who used to. Be, uh, who? Um, oh, it, the one I clicked on was what their celebrity, the celebrities' kids that are like grown up now. Oh, you know? I see. And so it's just like okay. So any uh, any did anybody like any anybody specific hit home with? No, you? I think I was just I was just looking for hot girls or something and just be oh, like, oh, all right. So, one of them that um I've mentioned in the past that like I started getting into jujitsu, mm-hmm. and um. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? And I remember mm-hmm. growing up when we were taking martial arts, there was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu academy close to where we lived in Torrance. Or the Gracie Academy right? was in Torrance. Yeah, it was a Gracie jiu-jitsu academy. Mm-hmm. And like fast forward to now, I realized that like the the head guy now, like the the main 
I don't know, like the main instructor now. Mm-hmm. He's 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 like uh, our age. He could be he he could be a bro on the bro show, right? Because like um, I guess he he grew up like around the same time as we did, and I think it's pretty cool that number one that he was um, in in that position to be given that opportunity, and and he apparently made very good use of it to kind mm-hmm. of uh, learn in the family business and the family art and kind of take it over. Yeah. But also, it kind of uh, makes me think about if there's anything that I'm going to pass down to my family and my kids and stuff, or just, you know, like the next generation of people based on anything that I contribute. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, the only thing or the main thing that has me going right now is just being a husband, being a father, you know, like Mm -hmm. being a good member of our family, being a good person to like my close friends and stuff. But as far as anything tangible, um, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. It, it's not something that was, that was, um, like obvious, like, like Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, you know, but it was funny. Like, I, I, I guess in my mind, we were peers at one point, me, you know, me and this, this guy mm-hmm. and, you know, our lives have taken very different directions, but, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to, um, see what that person's up to and, um, it kind of makes me reflect on like what I've done with my time and what I will do with my time. And, um, yeah, it just, it's like the, the options I feel like are, are kind of spinning around in my head. Mm-hmm. You think like still, right? Like, cause otherwise you're thinking, uh, let's, it's kind of, man, it sounds boring. <laughs> like, I'm not going <laughs> to, I ain't going to do nothing. You no, know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe you'll start a chicken, a fried chicken empire at the age of 70, like Colonel Sanders or something. So, <laughs> it's, you know, there's still time for you, man. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, and that, I, I, this is, this is really bad on me to do. Uh, cause I, like, I feel disgusted. I feel disgusted, like, as with myself as soon as I do it. But, uh, like, I, I feel like whenever I see somebody doing well, it's like, well, yeah, those guys are doing great. So I wonder what, like, is not so great about what they're up to right now. Like, where's the chink in the armor and all this stuff? And I'm just like, man, <laughs> you gotta, well, you you gotta, gotta bring be... him back. You gotta knock him off that pedestal yeah. because you're you don't feel like you're on that pedestal type of thing. No, I mean, no, yeah, because I'm not on the pedestal, right? Because I'm a loser or something. No, or... <laughs> no. I don't, I, well, no, 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 no. I, and I, I don't, I, I don't. So I don't do that. I, I, I feel like I, I, I'd like to think I don't do that so much. I'd like to be. Um, I'd like to be happy for the people that I think are pretty accomplished. I'd like to, you know, be proud of them if I had some kind of connection with them, just like the Tetris guy. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's just normalcy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, so what he makes him normal, you know, right? Yeah. I'll bet you he puts regular gas in his car, right? Not a, <laughs> not a premium. You do premium, I can't relate to you anymore. So, <laughs> like, I don't know, right? <laughs> It's like, I just order a number one like everybody else, man. He's like, yeah, okay. There was this, there was this, that reminds me, there was this guy at work, because we do like a lot of fast food at work, right? And and sometimes we'll do food runs, because at our, for, like at my occupation, we're not really allowed to leave the site if you're on shift. And then, uh, but sometimes they'll let one person uh, do a food run for like the whole shift. So you got, you, wow. one person goes around the plant and says, hey, I'm going to such and such place. Do you want anything? Do you want anything? You know? Yep. And I remember this one guy, they asked him, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab something to eat across the street. Would you like something? <laughs> and then and then the guy, the coworker, was like, "Yeah, give me a, a number one with no onions." 
wait, wait, where are you going? <laughs> like, dude, you don't even know what the restaurant is. Automatically, it's a number one with no one. <laughs> Take a number one, man. I mean, let's see. McDonald's is a Big Mac. Uh, Burger King, it's a Whopper. Uh, Wendy's, it's like a classic double. Carl uh, Jr. is like a famous star or famous star or something. Right, right. Uh, Jack in the Box is uh, probably a, a Jumbo Jack, maybe? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever the... Apparently, it's whatever the staple burger is. Yeah, right, right, right. In and Out, it's a hamburger. Actually, a hamburger. Just hamburger. No, I think In and Out's a double-double. I mean, we oh, don't have In and Out here in Texas anyway. Well, not in Texas, okay. but not in Houston. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's a double-double. Oh, well, that makes more sense then. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm trying to just list all the number ones that I know. Just, just feeling proud of my... Uh, Chick-fil-A is a Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A sandwich. Okay. Yeah, Chick-fil-A classic chicken sandwich. I, uh, at Chick-fil-A, I can't think of anything to order now that I've tried the spicy chicken deluxe. That's good. That's all that's I really want good. now. No, that's good. And have Excellent. you ever tried their potato chips? Or did you even know they have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I have once or twice, yeah. Um, they're yeah, pretty good can, also. You can order them instead of the fries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going on a – oh, we can have a we can have a food talk because uh, I'm getting on a kind of a healthy healthier food kick because for Chick-fil-A, no awesome. I, will, I will get uh, – well, for Chick-fil-A, I'll get my like chicken strips or whatever the entree is that I typically get. Mm-hmm. But then I will get uh, fruit now. Ah. I'll get fruit instead of fries. So okay. I'm not very fun in the lunch crew, but otherwise in terms of, you know. <laughs> do you ever do the grilled chicken instead of the like breaded chicken? Uh, I'm there yet. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, not for Chick-fil-A, not particularly, but for other places. Yeah. Like um, what I've been trying to do is I, I notice that like I'll get instead of a rice chicken bowl or something like that or, or a burrito at Chipotle or something, mm-hmm. I'll opt for the the salad option and then just still get the meat on there so it's super hearty still and just pile on vegetables but it's, it's almost like protein it's like a protein style burrito or something okay you know where yeah it's like no no rice or anything um there's this place called kava over here and um it's basically like chipotle but for mediterranean food so i'll get baby spinach i'll get like this uh, uh a little so they have this thing called green and grains a green and grains bowl which is baby spinach or it's they have like five, six different varieties of greens you could choose from, including like the superfood, which I'm like, hell no, you know, like the kale <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, so I'll go with the baby spinach and I'll add some some rice to it. But it, they don't put the full portion of rice like you would. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and then, do you think that like how does that – is it difficult to do like kind of consciously changing the way you eat each meal or – is it difficult or is anything surprising about it? Yeah, we it's kind of going off that talk that we had last time about I think if you're emotionally invested in your goals and, and, and one of them being that, then it's not that easy or it's not that hard, I would say, to to will yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. Um it is it is uh sometimes a bit tricky to remind yourself like oh hey you should try to you know like veer away from what you normally get so so you have the uh, you're trying to define like a new normal yeah right and so so sometimes if i don't if i don't eat healthy it's not because i was indulging necessarily uh, sometimes it is I'm, don't get me wrong but 
a, a lot more times now it's just like oh i i forgot there are healthier options and i can choose that but i just really i didn't even want to think so i just go with what i used to get hmm. um yeah so like uh and then and then, and then um I'll remember later and I'll be like, oh, okay, well, I guess I better, you know, make a more concerted effort next time. And so do I think you, yep. you think about maybe, do you think about what makes you remember or what made you forget in the first place? Uh, I would say like the like, do other non-food related why, why parts of life. What's that? I, I think it's like the other non-food related parts of life. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Just like lunch is a good one because uh, lunch is a good example because, you know, it's in the middle of a work day for me. Yeah. So, so if, if my work day, it's interesting, like the, the stress management part of my work day, if I don't do very well in that area, then it will cascade into a, a poor or less than ideal food choice at lunch. What do you, you think know? about um, your habits or your routines being part of the reason? Um, elaborate on that a little bit a little bit more so because when i whenever like um i I did this like three month diet thing last year as part of my little biggest loser challenge at work Mm -hmm. and um I, i remember reading a book and it applied like very directly and the book was called the power of habit and i'm i probably should remember the author but the title of the book was The Power of Habit, and it was very good. Okay. Talking about the psychology of um, how we think and the nature of how human beings are, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, the, the, the habits can be summed up um, pretty simply. And when you, once you understand why your habits are the way they are, then you can kind of control them and alter them to tailored to whatever you whatever you want whatever your objective is and the driving force of the habits according to this book was cues like triggers you know something to Mm -hmm. like reminders Mm -hmm. if you will and then rewards or consequences so if you have the before and the after then the middle part is pretty much just habit you know and you either Mm -hmm. are um you either are having to do something against the habit which requires some willpower or um, you're just riding with the habit to whatever the consequence is. So it was uh, pretty, yeah, that makes pretty sense. interesting the way, you know, the examples, the, what, what they, um, how they made it sound like it. Um, it's pretty much a clear cut, this is how you acknowledge your habits and this is how you control them. But um, for me, when it came to the controlling of the food and stuff, the reward was I was trying to win this challenge, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the small rewards was I was seeing the feedback that I was looking for, whether it was um, me looking a little skinnier when I, when I step on the weighing scale, uh, the numbers are, you know, drop a little bit each week or each day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and the cues were also in my mind as important Um some of the cues were a, a, like kind of negative though. So one of the cues that I was eating well mm. was that I was kind of hungry. Like oh. the fact that I was okay. uncomfortably hungry, it kind of, because, the, because I had my eyes on the reward, mm-hmm. 
the hungry was a bit of a, a, a bit of positive feedback that I was continuing to eat well. And when I went to go grab something to eat, um, it was a reason to continue to eat well instead of, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so hungry. Now I'm, I, I want to like fall back on, you know, whatever I want the habits to be. Okay. So I would say, yeah, for, for the cues and stuff, I mean, I, I used to be a lot more like robotic about it and a little bit more of a perfectionist and trying to come up with, all right, what's an ideal system that, that you can use for it. But, um, I'm going to f- fall back on the cop out answer of like, you, you, I think you got to listen to what your own style is. And also it's, it's very like slow and steady wins the race for me has been, has been working out. Um, so like, uh, for example, I was trying to use a, one of those fitness trackers for a bit to like gauge my, I mean, kind of like, like an Apple watch type of thing. Yeah. Apple watch, or there's this other thing called Fitbit, for example. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Which, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Apple Watch can do the tracking as well, but it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, $300 thing. Um, actually, yeah. the thing I got on Amazon was was for like 25 bucks or $29. Bucks. Um, and so it wasn't going to be the most accurate, but it was something. And, and really, for me, um, I thought this thing is kind of just like a fad anyway. So if, uh, if, if, it, if it dies out, then I didn't, I didn't invest too much money in it. So it was um, enough. It was enough based on what you were. Yeah, using yeah. It. So it, it looked neat. It seemed cool, and then, um, and then I ended up like losing the thing. <laughs> I was like, "Oops." <laughs> um, and then, but then I was like, "Okay, I got the gist of what it was trying to do," and so uh, just the idea of measuring something for some part of the time is is good. So um, I've actually been kind of uh, counting calories using an app, but I haven't been religious about it. Um, but it's but it's done its job, which is to give you a sense of uh, conscious conscious habit, conscious eating, um, mindful eating. I guess you remember that there's a book, my, uh, mindless eating. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so uh, this is more about like well, mindless eating causes causes these sort of detrimental habits um, based on the way that uh, that food companies want to get you to be more of a consumer in general. So so yeah, I was just trying to get me to be more of a mindful eater and so what it is is it it will take your weight and it'll ask you what your goals are and then based on that it'll say like this is how many calories you have for the day but what's neat about it is it breaks it down into like breakfast lunch and dinner and then snack and so um if if you have a breakfast like it'll allocate a certain number of calories for breakfast and then if you have that's more than that right then what it'll do is it'll mm-hmm. shrink the the pieces of the pie left over for lunch and dinner and snack. So it's it's like so it tries to make all these pieces and all these numbers kind of fit. Yeah, exactly. Even with with even with less room to spare. So does it? Do you have craving still, or like what do you do when you get hungry or there's a craving or something? Does that change based on what you're trying to do? Uh, it, it, it does. I mean, that one is probably where like water kicks in a bit more and I do, I do have cravings, but what I do is I just, um, as long as I don't have cra- like, I don't, I don't indulge on the cravings for all three of my meals for the day, uh-huh. then, um, I'm fine, you know, like, because kind of like in, in reverse, I think we talked about in before, like sometimes you feel entitled to something or you feel like you deserve something because of something that yeah. happened. And so you're like, yeah. you know, I'm gonna get that double cheeseburger, right? So um, I kind of work it in reverse. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to get that double cheeseburger. Um, but in order to do that, then like I'm going to cut back. And usually I do it I, – I do the cutting back thing first then so that I give myself more of a reason to sort of 
like a delayed gratification type of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's very much tied to like the same thing with money, right? Like uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of saving, you know, saving for something first and then getting it versus getting it first and then having to save up for the thing you just bought and then eventually paying off a loan or something. Yeah, and that makes me think about like um, like working out, right? Like I've seen, and, and me personally, I've I've done both where sometimes I'll have like a good workout or something and then mealtime comes and I, part of me, like I have these angel and a devil on each shoulder and, you know, the, one of them's like, you know, you just worked out, don't waste the workout mm-hmm. by uh, eating like an unhealthy meal. But then the other part of me is like, man, you just worked out. Um, if you eat an unhealthy meal, it'll like it, it's basically a wash because you just worked out anyway. Mm-hmm. Compared to if you ate the unhealthy meal and you just sat around all day. So yep. um, that that choice though is, I, I feel like I'm I'm more the former, mm-hmm. and I feel like I, I I'm more likely to not waste a workout by eating an unhealthy meal, mm-hmm. which 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 is good. Which is, but it's it's good on the days I work out. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> because, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. On the days that I don't work out, maybe I'm like, oh, it, it's fine. I'm, I can eat the unhealthy meal because I didn't even work out today anyway. It'll just be like a complete, complete lazy day, complete slob day. Right. You know? Right. And it's 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 interesting because I think yeah, I'll try to ma- match my mood to what kind of food I want to eat, and then use the the calorie allocation uh, for portion control. So let's mm-hmm. say that um, I'm up for I'm up for dinner and dinner is like 900 calories or something because it kind of yeah. this app in particular kind of uh, f- f- um, front loads dinner and makes breakfast a lot lighter. So interesting. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna get all like scientific or try to you know change the formula. Which one's or, better? Which one's worse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just okay. So so by the time let's say just for the sake of example, dinner is 900 calories, right? I'm like, well, okay. I know what nine. I I know how to eat. Uh, like a 900 calorie dinner and where I feel satiated. And hmm. and that's usually the more healthy choices, the more, because you get, get more volume of like healthier stuff, right? You have to eat more yeah. of it in order to, if you, and, and then I also know like a way where I, I can have like an indulgent 900 calories where it's just like, all right, well, I'm gonna get these, uh, I'm gonna get these two tacos, but that's it. You know, like, because <laughs> so sometimes it's about, what you eat like you know which foods and sometimes it's about how much you eat Is yeah that- like like sometimes for example um I'm, I'm not that hungry but i feel like you know i should probably eat something because it's around time to eat and in for myself actually i start getting like headaches and stuff like that if i don't uh-huh. if i just skip a meal so then if, if i'm actually not that hungry then i'm like oh well i'm i don't feel that hungry so you know let me uh just uh i don't need to really eat a lot so i can eat more of the I can eat more of the less healthy stuff, the more kind of indulgent stuff, you know, the, like the more um, fatty sorts of things or yeah. instead of, instead of saying, all right, well, um, I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm not, I, like it's 900 calories, but maybe I'll only have like a 600 calorie meal because I'm not hungry, you know? Hmm. So is this something that you feel like I would imagine parts of what you're doing, you can feel like you can try to incorporate like as part of a lifestyle change. And then maybe there's parts of it where you're like, okay, I can, I'm going to do this for as long as I can, but I don't know. I, I doubt that it's going to, I doubt five years from now, I'm still going to be doing this part of the practice. Is, is it, is it um, kind of a little bit of both? No, I think I'm more on the end of like, let me see if I can make small permanent change versus hmm. like, let me see if I can, if I can, uh, 
you know, swing to one side of the pendulum just to have that yeah. experience and then, and then come back to whatever normal is. And, it, and, and hopefully that, that normal will have shifted because I did a sort of out of body experience or something like that. So is there anything that you feel like you have changed that you feel like you don't have any desire to go back to? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say gambling. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I was thinking more of the food related, but that's yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. sorry, <laughs> food. I don't know. You're just, I thought you just life. It's like, like out of left field. What the? <laughs> well, I like, was thinking, yeah, like dating other chicks because yeah. I'm married now. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'd do if I had a million dollars? Oh yeah, office space reference uh-huh. <laughs> for those of you that are our age. Yep. So, um, anyways. So for me, I'm going to go back to my original question. Sorry, go ahead. So for me, it's um, beverages is something that I feel like, like like soda, like soda, or even um, alcohol, um, Mm -hmm. like uh, even even juices. Really, like Mm -hmm. I really feel like for meals now, and it's not like I only drink water all day every day, but for meals, I usually am not craving anything other than water. Oh, okay. Yeah, like um, every once in a while, maybe just a nostalgic thing, like with pizza, I want to have some beer, some soda or something, Mm -hmm. you know, just because they used to go hand in hand together. Yeah. But um, whenever I'm, yeah, whenever I'm eating now, Mm -hmm. um, I usually drink water and I usually, I usually drink a lot of it. Yeah. Like even at least one or one and a half glasses before I even start the meal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it, it does change the amount that i eat and what i crave while i'm eating yeah well and that, that, that's the same thing for 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 me um i agree like i, I drink a lot more water now um but it, it took me a while to like just get accustomed to the taste of water again because for for from soda before and mm-hmm. i would say that the, the what it came down to for me it's like hey if if you drink water, you, you get to eat more food because <laughs> like you, you like food, right? It, do you like food enough to like not have, a, you know, th- things? So, I mean, that, that's what it was kind of for me. I was like, all right, I'm trying to stay in this area, this, this window, right? This, this budget, yeah. this food budget, so to speak. And, um, and yeah. And so, I mean, you can have a drink if you want, but then that just means like, you can only have two thirds of the thing or whatever, you know, that you wanted. And for to me, have. it was kind of like uh, uh, there's two reasons to just drink water mm-hmm. because it's it's usually free. Yeah, like that, at that home, too. it's, it's yeah. at home. I just drink out of the fridge dispenser mm-hmm. whenever I'm at a restaurant or something. It's usually just a free drink. Mm-hmm. So there's there's two reasons. I'm glad. Yeah, because if water was was more expensive, then I'd have this kind of conflict of interest, but. No, it's almost a no-brainer. Yeah, the more water I drink, the better on my wallet, and the better for me. Yeah, right, right. Well, ex- except for the fact that it just you just it's just boring, right? Like it's come on, it can't come off as boring. But I would also yeah. say that. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Just that um, that uh, for for me for water, uh, I I spend a little bit of money on some water. Um, I don't go all like Avion or anything, or uh, what's it, Fiji water or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I will get the uh, three dollars uh, for Costco forty pack. Uh, that's cool. Oh, for some for some bottled yeah. water. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah, bottled water yeah, for me. For, so it's, yeah, bottled water for me. It was for a while. I was trying to make sure that I had like eight glasses a day, but it's easier to track four bottles of water a day. 
So I was like, all right. And yeah. um, we have, like, at work, we have water, you know, like, for free that you can get. Yeah. And the, the cups you can go and get. But I'm like, for some reason, that was enough. Like, that um, effort was enough for me to not drink water. Because it, it, it was a um, wow. it was an opt it was an opt in thing versus an opt out thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the you defaulted to something else. Yeah, exactly. Like I would bring water with me to work, and I would set them um, on my desk, like almost crowding my monitor. And so mm. when I was staring at code, or I'd be on phone calls and stuff like that, I would just have the water with me. Um, whenever, yeah. whenever I I got in the habit of whenever I went out with the guys for lunch, I would grab a bottle of water with me. Um, and I would always try to grab a full one too, because I was always afraid like, well, what if, uh, I grab a partial bottle, bottle of water and then I finish and then it thirsty and then I, and then I want more water. Then I got to like, get like the tap water. And then I'm not like, I'm not counting it anymore. So I'm like, no, forget this. I'm just going to get a, a full bottle. So you know, <laughs> obviously it's very neurotic of me, but no, but Hey, uh, it's, it's something that it's part of why it, it's part of your habits now though. I mean, yeah. Exactly. It may seem neurotic to someone that doesn't do it, but mm-hmm. if it makes sense to you and it makes it so that you're practicing what you're trying to practice mm-hmm. and it makes it a little less effortless mm-hmm. in your mind, then it's it's probably worth it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, may I say for, for one moment, we'll take a little break from the, the water and say like uh, Diet Coke is crap and Diet Soda is just like – the worst <laughs> like it's there's okay you you can you can get yourself to to um enjoy the taste of it perhaps but like it's it's the ultimate uh betrayal of like oh yeah this is better for you than regular coke and it's like actually it's not you know um because the, the while the artificial sweeteners um while the artificial sweeteners don't have any calories um, they actually probably make you more hungry and make you uh, like consume more calories just in other places. Um, maybe, maybe <laughs> because of that, like, oh, I deserved it because I had a Diet Coke, right? Or, you know, it's the classic uh, uh, American uh, mentality of like uh, a Big Mac and a Diet Coke or something like that. But yeah, yeah. and that, I was going to say that too. Like, it goes, it's, I think it's just as deceiving as. You know, healthier options on a menu, but you're probably still going to have appetizers or desserts or mm-hmm. like educational games in the toy section at Target or Walmart. Okay. Yeah, like there, I think that the putting the word educational there, or putting the word diet, or putting the word healthier, mm-hmm. it's supposed to trigger this kind of um, this this motivation in in some type of consumer to say, okay, I'm going to do that because. That's the kind of person that I want to yeah, yeah. be. And really what it is is just like an ego stroke. You're just like, oh, yeah, well, you, look, I'm a, I'm a better human being because I'm doing this, you know, freaking diet, educational, organic, whatever thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, organic is another one. I mean, I, there probably is some truth to organic produce and organic meats and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, what about um, – what's the other one that I was thinking? Gluten? Gluten, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, like or trans fats, free and stuff. Yeah. Trans, yeah. I, I, I had no idea what those were until probably five years ago. I think it's because we're Asian, so and I don't now, think it affects us or something <laughs> like that. Uh, and now apparently think, they're a thing. Yeah. They're like uh, on all on on all the labels of everything, mm-hmm. like like huge letters. But um, for me, it's still something that I don't really know 
what it is and I don't know if it's something that I should really care about yeah. or start counting or No, we're for, we're fortunate to not have to worry about it. There's just it, it, they might as well just say like instead of gluten-free, you can also say peanut-free. Right? So like, well why would I care about oh, okay. peanut? It's so it's, all it is is to make sure that you don't you, you get a, some people have an allergic reaction to gluten. That's all. It's so like it's not soy, a health thing actually. You know, sometimes they have like lactose or soy. Yeah. But it's been marketed as a health thing yeah but then really you know again it's just to try to make you f- either feel good about yourself that you're getting that the gluten-free or the you know the extra special the whatever or maybe it's trying to get you to feel shame if you don't get the in thing i think well, whatever it is i think it's just trying to shift your focus from like whatever they don't want you to see yeah i mean kind of Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like because it, like maybe the the menu or you know like what people eat people become so routine and it's like always the same old thing all the time now they got this gluten to kind of stir up a little variety mm-hmm. or they got like the little trans fat like 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 reduced fat oreos you ever heard of reduced fat oreos man if you're eating oreos <laughs> you, you're not looking for reduced fat anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> they have them. They have these reduced fat Oreos. They have a little thin layer of like white stuff in the middle. Yeah, and I think that's more to do with now our our culture of choice more than anything. So we have we have reduced. It's all it's always been about choice, right? I mean, no, I mean not as much as it's getting worse. Like, uh, like if you're at the grocery store and you're like, dude, there's 18 kinds of orange juice here. Like, not even 18 kinds of juice. 18 kinds of orange juice, you know, like... And, yeah, no kidding. But but really, like, uh, the thing about more options now is, are you more likely to be content with the option you choose because there's more options? No. Because no. I don't, I don't yeah. think so. I mean... No, because like, you, you have, fear, that, you have um, the fear of missing out thing, so... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's like a... Um, there's some kind of study about, like, if you're stuck in traffic or something... Mm-hmm. And, you know, you merge a bunch of lanes or you take like a, a side street detour and then you get back on the freeway or something. Yeah. Um, or you just stay in one lane, right? Well, right. like studies show that like on average, it, none of it basically, none of it matters really. But yeah. the person that took the side road and um, jumped back on the freeway later, like they felt like they are, are going to get home faster because they felt like they were in control. Mm-hmm. Of, of of that of taking that side road where the person that's just stuck behind the same car in one lane, it's a little bit more of like a a frustrating yeah. feeling. Yeah, that, that's a, kind of the same thing as a uh, um, like this studies are. Uh, I actually I don't want to use studies, just my theories about lines. Um, so there's imagine two types of lines when you're when you need to get something. So one is like a line at the grocery store where there's different checkout stands. And you can pick one of them, right? And Uh you'll either be happy or not happy with your choice, right? Then there's also like the line that you'd experience at a bank where it's actually a a line that feeds to the central point. And then one of the tellers will call you, right? From that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For when you're ready. Basically just one line for everything. Exactly, exactly. Now, scientifically Uh speaking, right? That line actually moves faster, has better throughput because... Uh, it's, it's actually designed like it's more efficient that, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but but however because like you could stand in a, in the wrong line and then you're just standing there forever right mm-hmm. but the thing is in terms of like customer satisfaction you probably dread more standing in the bank line because in yeah, terms of because perception now, because you're in a long ass yeah, line everybody feels like they're standing in a long line yeah. whereas in some places like some are short some are long right so um also it seems like um i've heard this too before it feels like it's taking forever because you you see the people that are stuck in front of one teller mm-hmm. more than you see the people moving in and out. Yep, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep, yep. And same thing with the traffic thing, right? Like if it's a four-lane highway, then there's only a 25% chance that you're in the fastest lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter what lane you're in. And, so. well, and yeah, I've actually, I've heard that same thing. And they, they, they say it's like a 33% chance because really you can only see or you're only looking at the lane on your left and your own lane and the lane on your right. I mean, maybe, yeah, you, you are looking at some of the other lanes. No, that makes but, sense, yeah. Yeah. The, so, the point is so it's not a 33% yeah, it's, chance. It's a minority chance. That you, <laughs> yeah, that you feel like you picked the right lane mm-hmm. because – Whenever the other lane's moving faster, you're just staying still. Whenever this lane's moving faster, your lane's staying still. But right, right, yeah. What was that? What was yeah. that quote that your fr- friend said about fifty-fifty choices or something like that? Ninety percent of the time, you get them wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> That's what it feels that like. Was the, that, yeah, that was something we used to say in the Navy because they would always ask us all this stuff, and like we're always wrong. That needs to be like a almost a like a cousin or relative of the like Pareto uh, twenty eighty rule, you know. The, the, What's the twenty eighty rule? The twenty eighty, it's like a, a kind of a, it's kind of like a dynamic like that happens in lots of different areas. Like a, so, one one example of the eighty twenty rule is um, you if if a in order to get a task done one hundred percent, right, you'll get the first eighty percent. The, the first eighty percent of progress will only take twenty percent of your time, and then the remaining twenty percent. We'll take like the the remaining eighty oh, yeah, percent of yeah. your time. Stuff yeah, like that. I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a step cousin because that's the, that eighty twenty sounds real. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The fifty fifty ninety thing. It doesn't. No, it just sounds like it's a yeah. This is a, a mind trip or something like that. But no, this is called a Pareto. Pareto or Pareto, P A R E T O. So, like going back to that line thing, I, I've heard that uh, airlines, like you know how some airlines, the way they board planes. Mm-hmm. Some of them start from the back of the plane, then go then go to the front. Some of them, um, you just like, board and you sit wherever you want. Right, right. right yep. Some of them have these little groups, mm-hmm. like you're in group two, group three, whatever. Yep. Well, I think they're all supposed to be how how you can board the plane the fastest because the, the, it's like more on time departures is like better for the business, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I've heard like. The best way, really, like it's let's say everyone was a robot. Mm-hmm. The best way to board the plane, really, would be starting with the window seats from the back of the plane to the front of the plane, mm. and then you go to the middle seats, back of the plane, front of the plane, and then you go to the aisle seats. And it's because if you load the back of the plane first, everyone's trying to get their luggage in at the same time, mm-hmm. where there's all these other people that can be putting in their luggage yeah. like toward the front of the plane. But they're not there yet because they're all waiting in the terminal, waiting for all these other people. Right, right. So, but then the people that don't, that like, I guess people don't want to do that because then it's going to split people up from their family members and stuff. And mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't know. Also, I'm like, sure there's, there's a, a chance, there's a chance, like, especially when you're one of the the later people boarding the plane, there's a chance your bag won't make it on. So yeah. people just want first yeah, because true. not so much that your bag is with you, but just like, is it my bag? Do I need to gate check this thing? So, and also just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like customer experience and user experience at the airport has now just become a joke in general. Oh, terrible. Because yeah, yeah. I was having this conversation with this, with this, uh, this guy at jujitsu class mm -hmm. and we were talking about, um, I guess the inventor of metal detectors, mm -hmm. right? Apparently that guy, um, he, he invented it to like, uh, detect cancerous cells in our bodies Oh, or like detect stuff in our bodies. Right. And mm -hmm. he, and like he, there's a, he, apparently he said, um, if I knew that it was going to be used for this, for like this airport security, I wouldn't, I would have chosen not to invent it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's used probably more for that. Right. Than any other purpose. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just uh, it's it's so, unfortunate. There's also something that like apparently the um, the Keurig guy, like okay, you the know, coffee. Keurigs are kind of like the new coffee yep. pot, right? Like you know, you see Keurigs instead of coffee pots now, but mm -hmm. I guess they're like they're like really terrible for the environment. Oh right. Because those little plastic cups, you just throw them away. Sure. And they're they're like um they're made to withstand so much heat mm -hmm. because you're making coffee through them that they make them like really thick and durable so they're not biodegradable and stuff like that because yeah, they're going to withstand like the that. elements of nature yeah yeah sure and um and and so really like that whenever that keurig was being uh designed invented whatever mm -hmm. um it was intended to just be like um in businesses and almost like vending machines and stuff right where um cons like um consumable wise it wasn't supposed to make that much of a carbon footprint mm -hmm. but to be in every home or you know like virtually a household item right. now like the cure guy was like man i would have never i'm sorry <laughs> my bad <laughs> right i think that the um intent of a lot of inventions was probably different than the way they were being used Oh yeah, I mean that's that's I yeah, think that's kind I of mean, a burden that you take on by by being by advancing uh, technology or or like advancing things by ways of inventions because there will be people who can come up with the dumbest possible use for your thing. Yeah, so. and I yeah maybe yeah dumb dumb but also like uh, self fulfilling. What do you mean self fulfilling? Right. Yeah, like how am I going to use this to my advantage? Oh. Whether or not it's used in the best way, like um, rewritable CDs back in the day. Mm -hmm. We're just going to steal a bunch of music now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay. Well, yeah, I was just thinking about like uh, the internet and it's just like we have this amazing technology to share all of the information, you know, right at our fingertips and it's just trolling. Swipe right. Swipe, swipe right. right. <laughs> cat, you know, photos or whatever. Oh, I thought you were going to say catfishing. Catfishing, you know like yeah, no, yeah, catfishing cat, as well. It, it's like a new thing that it wasn't even a thing ten years ago, right? But it's a thing because of the internet. Yeah, you know, uh, exactly. And I'm I'm touching the the light stuff, you know, but uh, that's yeah. that's what it is. If something is uh, becomes such a part of your world, you're gonna have a wide, wide range of uh, uses for that thing. So, I've also heard that like um, the um, regular, I don't know what you call them, regular trades. Like they're kind of going away and they can't go away. 
like uh, carpenters and mm. welders and like regular blue collar type jobs, mm-hmm. Americans aren't going for anymore. Everyone wants to be like the entrepreneur, sure. the tech guy, the Silicon Valley. You know, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to make my fortune and I want to pay other people to do all this stuff that I don't want right. to do. But you have to have these people to kind of make society function, mm-hmm. right? Like, like package delivery is never going to go away. I mean, yeah. you got to deliver goods, right? You got you have you got to have goods and services. Sure, sure. So, well, I mean, well, so I, I know a lot of probably futurist type people or um, technologists will point to you know disruptors, robots. yeah, robots or, or 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 some sort of crowd like uh, dis. When I say disruptors, like Uber, for example, right? Is uh, is disrupting the idea that oh, well, like we're always going to need taxi drivers, you know. Um, or Amazon, Amazon drone delivery or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, uh, yeah. I, that made me think, yeah, early, I was thinking earlier before when you were talking about lines mm-hmm. about, uh, self-checkout, what do you think of self-checkout? Because, you know, I've heard of a couple of things. Number one, like, okay, if, if you got a few items, it gets you in and out of the store faster. However, you're taking jobs away from employees because it's like a job that someone used to do for you. That now you're you're doing for yourself. Yeah, uh, I, I'm. Yeah, I mean, at this one, there's no clear cut, you know, obvious choice here. I'm gonna side on the side of no. The technology is there, and um, the jobs lost, I think, from that is is just going to be. Evolve. Yeah, it's gonna shift gonna over. Yeah, like... exactly. Right to self checkout operators and managers, you know, or um, yeah. yeah, or like self checkout repair people. You know, whatever. So it it, mm-hmm. it demands it it, it kind of levels up everybody in terms of the skills that are needed to to operate yeah, in sort of the new world. And that's so, true. I guess yeah, yeah. for the people. Go ahead. So there's so there's going to be winners and losers in that, right? And so, um, uh-huh. it's, so it's going to suck for those who lose, but and so yeah. but it's but for those who win, then they they now have a trade that they didn't have before. So yeah, like. Some of some of the losers, like apparently back throughout history, I've heard that some of the losers in that type of, um, that type of like evolution, are uh, porters or bellhops. Mm-hmm. You know, like people that used to carry your luggage for yep. you, right? Like that used to be a uh, someone's career, like someone's full time job, right. like forever. But then um, somebody that made luggages said, "Let's put wheels on these things. That way, people can wheel them off themselves." Mm-hmm. And now you go to a hotel and somebody that's kind of relying on your tip money, they're like, hey, can I get your bags for you? And you're like, no, thanks. I got yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where's the cart at? Okay, let me get well, the cart, please. Uh, I got yeah, it. Yeah. Let me get that little – yeah, let me get the cart. But um, I also heard that like – so way back in the day, I heard before we had alarm clocks because there was – alarm clocks is like mm-hmm. – uh, techn- technology, you know, we're, we're relying on technology to wake us up. Mm-hmm. So before that – Apparently, they used to have someone go around the village and knock on everyone's door. Like there was a door knock, like a door like a wake up service or something. Yeah. yeah, and that used to be like someone's job. Mm-hmm. Yep, and doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. so like you paper said, boys, you know, gone. Yeah, even the paper, right? It's like <laughs> even the newspaper is being threatened. So or or yeah, and I would say like journalism is not yet being threatened, but like um, printing printing presses. Exactly. Yeah. Like Newspaper businesses, right? Because I've heard, yep. I've heard that like uh, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I'm gonna make them up. So I've heard that like six, 
of the top ten jobs a decade from now don't even, don't exist yet. I've heard a saying like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. where it, what it, what really makes it weird though is like, so what do they teach in school, and what do we teach our kids then? Like, what are the basics? You know that okay, you're gonna have to know this. Well, maybe I'm not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like that's what kids are gonna say. Like, yeah, that's what that's what kids are gonna ask too. Right? They're like. Uh, yeah. How do I apply this in the real world, right? And it's probably what we asked. Sure. When we were kids. Yeah. And some of the stuff, um, you know, we were probably 50-50 as far as the stuff we were like, all right, I probably do need to know how to multiply. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then some of the stuff were like, no, I really don't need to know about dot matrices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I would say that uh, that's a very, that's almost its own topic of like, you know, what? how do we educate a population right and so yeah i mean i think the 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 system we have is is geared for um kind of like blue collar work where you're trying to teach people how to be compliant conformant right um self-sustaining well, not not really self-sustaining more like um understanding what the status quo is and following it I would say. Well, when I, when I say self-sustaining, I mean like as a nation, I guess. Oh, like mm-hmm. we want it, We want to be able to do things for ourselves and yeah, yeah. not rely on outsourcing. Okay. And stuff. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, I, when I thought you said when uh, when I thought you were talking about self-sustaining, it was more in terms of uh, entrepreneurship or or you know self-made people. Uh-huh. We're definitely not. No, no, doing yeah. That. So not. Yeah, not not a person self-sustaining, mm-hmm. but people, us as a as a group. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so we are trying to build a solid kind of working class, you know. Yeah. But yeah, and and so. Um, I mean, what what is the answer? Like, really, you maybe you want you might want to find out what kids or 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 what uh, young people want to do, and then you you mm-hmm. know like um, capitalize on that, but there's not enough time in life, man. Right. I mean, that would take, that, that would add another like years and years to like the education. Yeah. System that so that would require a blunt assessment of what you think your child is capable of. And, and more importantly, what they're not capable of. And that is uh-huh. probably a lot of, that is probably something that a lot of parents, including myself is, uh-huh. is probably not willing to take on like art like no 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 like i would say let's say that there's a you know uh for every one white collar job there is like three support jobs uh and and like 10 like blue collar jobs you know within a certain within a certain specialty um and so if i were to ask you all right well which one of those things do you think your kid is going to do I don't know how many people uh, would be like, oh, I, I don't think he's good. They're good enough for the top level job. I think they're only should pursue like the blue collar thing, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So, make, yeah, you're right. Making that choice mm-hmm. and kind of like um, not abandoning, but focusing on that option and in, in, in kind of limiting your options toward the other. Well, what am I trying to say here? Like if you're going to be blue collar or white collar, you choose one and then you kind of put the other one in your back pocket type of thing. No, you, you tailor, you tailor the education to be either more like academic or more practical, like more theoretical or more practical. 
So, so yeah. somebody who's going to do more blue collar work, you're going to give them more practical skills. Like it's going to be more like a trade or trade school, right? Like, yeah, that's what I meant. But I mean, like, and I would say what, like, what if they, what if, cause sometimes that, um, that, um, decisions not made early on, like it could change, you know, you might start blue collar and then become white collar or something like that. But all I'm trying to say is, um, whenever you're, whenever you're kind of choosing what to learn and, you know, as teachers, what to teach, mm-hmm. um, how, how is it that you, how do you keep all the doors open while trying to focus on one? Yeah. Well, and also are, while you, trying to like serve a, a kind of a mass produced product, right. Of education. It's not really one to one. So yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, that's I would say a pretty impossible ask. Let's say you have to make some well, choices, it, it, right? Um, it, and in my mind, it's almost it's in my mind it's literally impossible because yeah. it seems like w- by trying to keep all the doors open, you're preventing the focus of you know like mm-hmm. you're you're hindering the the focus of of one door. Right. So I think what they're doing, what the educational system strives to do is they try to identify what they would consider the average student and they try to teach that mm-hmm. student. And if you are not the average student, then you need to adjust to whatever is being taught. And so kind of like, I, yeah, I don't know why this is, a, this is probably a bad reference, but kind of like um, itemized deductions and standard de- deductions. <laughs> uh, like maybe you could, so if, cause if you are average, so hear me out okay. real quick. If you, if you are average, or if you don't have kind of a calling, like like me, you know, I, I like at the beginning of the show, I talked about how I didn't really have a thing to kind of um, like an, uh, a unique opportunity to capitalize on and kind of make my name or my legacy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're kind of average, then maybe you start there and then work your way up. But if it does seem like you have some kind of niche or some kind of unique opportunity, like if you're like an outlier of sorts, then you kind of um, you can kind of start stepping away from the average because you do have like a direct path, you know, or at least some kind of target instead of just staying, instead of like veering off the average path and then you're just wandering around. Mm -hmm. If you're just going to wander around, you might as well stay on the average path. But if you do have a goal and it's away from the average path, then it doesn't sound like it's, it sounds like it's a calculated risk to go down that path instead of the average. So the fact that it's a risk is probably against what, um, what parents want for their kids uh, as much as I hate to admit it. Like parents want their kids to be safe, probably above all else, even, even more than they want them to be just to, to stand yes. out. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and, 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 and I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I would say like, think about what our parents wanted us to be. You know, I think, I think our parents wanted us to like go, like find a stable job basically. Right. And yeah, like, but- yeah. So like I mean we're they but they're immigrants. Right. So doesn't that change our destiny because we're not immigrants? I don't know. I mean know. not just because we're not immigrants, but uh I think so. I like speak well I like so I married an mm-hmm. immigrant and my par- our, our parents are okay. immigrants. Um and I feel like them Im- them migrating I might want to ask them, but I feel like them migrating um, 
was one of their ways to stand out. Apart from just staying in their country, um, like like no, walking I, the no, average I, line. I understand that, country, but do you think their yeah. parents wanted well, them to migrate? I don't know, but uh, my yeah. my point is our our average is boring, like boring <laughs> is being born <laughs> and be and, and being raised in this mm-hmm. country. So standing out is going to take a different set of circumstances and instead of just living in America. Like for them, I think living in America is standing out or like living away from the country they were born in. Uh, so and for yeah, us, I would argue that they would, probably migrated despite their parents' intention, best intentions for them. Uh, yeah, but I think a lot of kids do things despite right, their right. parents. Right, right. So that's, best, that was my point. My point is that like as parents, you, want, you, don't, you think that what is best for your kids is just like what is safest for them. That's what that's what I'm that's what I'm saying, and and, and so despite what we w- may project onto our kids, they're gonna want to do their own thing. They're gonna want to you know try to strike it rich, make it big, and all that stuff. And so like I think the default is to to say like, oh, are you sure about that? Because yeah, that might be taking a big chance. Like we're gonna be risk averse toward the, the type of choices that they make. Well, I I guess I I I draw a different okay. conclusion. So for me, uh, I think that parents don't – I don't think parents want their kids to be safe like you do. But okay. I do think that parents – like for me, I think that me as a parent, I feel like I, sh- I should be a safe parent in order to allow my kid to stand out. Hmm. So like it, I almost need to act – it's not like faking it, but mm-hmm. I feel like to give my – children the best opportunities to be successful i think i need to be like a stable foundation in their lives also i think that all parents and it's almost unavoidable i think we have this misconception that because we're older and because we're a little wiser in some ways that we know what's best for them Mm -hmm. okay um and we probably do whenever they're infants yeah and they don't know how to change their own diapers but there comes a time and it, I, in my mind, it comes before they're 18 years old mm-hmm. that they could probably start making some decisions for themselves. And we are not willing to let go. Like we're not willing to cut the umbilical cord because we're parents. Uh, yeah. So okay. because of those things, because because of our so so I guess for me, just speak, speaking for mm-hmm. myself, I guess by me thinking that I know what's best for my kids based on I've, I've been alive more years than them. Mm-hmm. And based on my, um, intention of trying to leave all the doors open for them. Um, I think the best way I can do that is to be the safe, boring, stable, whatever you want to call it type mm-hmm, parent. Mm-hmm. But it does not mean that it's what I wish in their lives. I see. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't mind them taking a couple of risks and fall and you know stumbling a little bit if they're gonna if if, if it's gonna mean that they're gonna eventually find their way and if failing on the way to success is, um, I don't. I don't mind the failures, mm-hmm. even like because they may lead to success. Yeah, and it's it's not my choice yeah, right. anyway. I don't. No, think, no. I you know, think I think parents, there's something about you know like accepting what your what your kids um want. Uh, but I, I, I also don't know, like, a lot of parents who wish their kid uh, the pain and suffering that may come from taking those risks and not 
um, not working out in their favor. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on what type of risks we're talking about. So, the, mm-hmm. you're, I mean, maybe if you're talking about drugs and crime, then I'm with you. I no, don't, might be like you know what? Uh, like I have a full ride. Scho- I have a, yeah, I have a full ride scholarship out of college, but I don't think I want to do this. And you're saying that some parents would try to talk them out of it, or you're saying some parents would try to prevent yeah, them? Yeah, some parents would be like, hey, you have a full-ride scholarship to college. Like, you should use this. Like, yeah, I don't really think college is for me. I, you know, I think I want to start my and, own and, thing. You know. And and you and it sounds like you think that it's they shouldn't do that, correct? No, it sounds like, it, for, for me, um, I think that, I think that right now, theoretically speaking, um, I'd be okay with them like trying their own thing. But in the back of my mind, I may judge them for being like, man, you are just missing out on an opportunity here. And so it, it falls back on like, if I were to think to myself, all right, like uh, for one of my kids, I'd be like, hey, be smart about this decision. Um, yeah. When I think the what, uh, what I mean when I mean be smart about this decision is actually like, be safe choose this be option safe and yeah don't choose like, this like option. Be, be understand the risks and then like m- m- for myself it falls on risk aversion you know like understand the risks of this of what you're walking away from so huh. I'm, I'm i'm curious to because to, our kids are really young you know we're talking yeah, yeah. hypothetically about kids that are like teenagers or older but i'm wondering if your opinion on this is going to s- is going to continue to stay this way and mine's going to continue to stay the opposite even when our yeah. kids are that age. But I'm also wondering if there's any examples where we differ already. There might be. I mean, I like, for, so for example, I think uh, I, I work a, you know, a standard nine to five job, but there's a part of me that wonders, hmm, I wonder if I like would start my own thing. And I think it's pretty deeply ingrained in me that the reason I don't start my own thing was because of the way that our, our parents were with us. And, um, not to say that we, not to say that we couldn't do things, right. But, but it was more like, just, just remember what, like, think about what you're doing here, you know? And, um, you know, like, so, so what they wanted for us and, you know, whether we obeyed or not, right. Like, uh, is kind of outside the point, but I think what they wanted for us was, was to, uh, be, uh, to, to not be, how do I say this? Disappointed? Yeah, like to not set ourselves up for like you know, uh, to, oh, what, like when you say like don't bet the farm, right? That okay, that's a that's okay. a phrase that comes right out of you know understanding risk and do not do something too risky because yeah, yeah, risk yeah. is a, a, almost equivalent to you know stupid, right? So that also excludes us from opportunities where some people who have made it did it by betting the farm. So my I, I, my my question was was different than your answer, but I was I was more talking about the uh, if we if 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 it if it reflects on our parenting styles, like are there things that I've done with my kids that you would do differently, and their situation was different. However, I, I do want to I, I do want to touch on what you just said though, mm-hmm. because it sounds like what you were saying was um, you're not exactly living the dream job that you you know right now, but the reason you stay with it is because of what you feel like uh, our parents wanted it from us is that uh, well correct? i'm saying yeah I, there are times where i've actually i've made it work for me 
and and I do enjoy what I what I do. So that's that's a good that's a positive. Um, but yeah. I also understand that I did close some doors that could have been very very fruitful. But the reason why I but closed your reasons, them, your reasons stem from our, our parents. Is that what yeah you're yeah like the, or the way that I was raised. So um, so for me. I, I feel like my situation is very similar as far as um, I don't, I'm also don't, I'm not living the dream job. I'm kind of like working to provide for the family and and live life and everything. Um, I've found enjoyment and fulfillment in the job that I have just because I feel like um, it's, it's what I do and it's who I am. And um, it's something that, that, um, that I've chosen to do, but I feel like the reason I haven't um, explored more career wise is not because of my parents, but it's because of because I'm a parent, and because I'm a husband, mm-hmm. and it's it's more it's more um, it's more for the immediate family that I've created instead of the immediate family that I was born into. Okay, and so uh, and so I'm thinking that you'd want your kids to think similarly too, like when they're in that circumstance. Um, if they have their own family, uh, like not, think about think about what you're doing. If you're gonna decide to, you know, make think about your future, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's all. I guess so. I don't know. I, I guess I haven't thought that far ahead okay. yet. I was just thinking about it for my own for for this transition that I'm making. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, the immediate future I had when I was a kid, and not the immediate future, but the immediate family I had when I was a kid, and the immediate family that I have now. Um, I, my, my life kind of, my decisions in life revolve around the family that I have now, which I'm the head of. And, um, will it make those same decisions? I don't know. Uh, I don't know yet, but I would like to think that, um, by me, by me still being the head of that family, um, I can set up a couple of safety nets to where maybe they can, um, explore. Um, they they can kind of venture out a little bit. They can take a couple more risks because um, the consequences aren't going to be that uh, detrimental. They're not going to be that like um, that permanent mm-hmm. to where, uh, to where um, they're really yeah, better. So that, you're right. So you're yeah. so then in that case, you're the one that's laying out the safety net for them. Kind of. I, I mean, I'd like to. It. I don't want to make it sound like um, I'm going to provide for them if, uh, like, it, yeah, that's yeah. Just so by the by the way, I don't know if this is a flaw or not. It's just a it's just a feature of our of being a parent, and so it's a, it's a force. Well, it's a force it, yeah. we should be um, aware of. Well, something that I see in parents, and like especially, um, like baby boomer mm-hmm. age parents. I th- I think that they one of their goals it was to provide for their kids to where um the kids that are like our age now and maybe like in their 20s and early 30s mm-hmm. and stuff I think are still um they they're still kind of leaning on the safety nets that our, that our parents provided for mm-hmm. us and I feel like um we're getting too comfortable there Mm-hmm. So okay. I don't want to make it sound like I want my kids to get so comfortable in the safety nets that I provide to where they don't go out and do mm-hmm. anything because that's not the goal. But 
I would like those safety nets to be there almost as an emergency use type of situation. Yeah, sure. But, but, but like, I do want them to kind of take the risks and, and stumble a little mm -hmm. bit. That way they can learn some of the things that I feel like I didn't have the opportunity to learn or I didn't take the opportunity yeah. to learn um, because, of the, because of the situation that was uh, laid out for us. Yeah, yeah, and I think this all came comes back to like, what is the answer for like what is what are our kids supposed to learn? Um, considering that like your made up number six out of the ten jobs uh, that are yeah. out there for them have not even been invented yet, right? Yeah. And so I mean, yeah. yeah so so you so and this is yeah, not just ahead. not just career oriented, but it's kind of like in life, like like not just uh like what it, it's more of a legacy thing mm. to me or like what do you want your life to be remembered for where sometimes it's career-wise mm. but sometimes it's not like for me right now i don't feel like i'm going to be remembered for my career i feel like i'm going to be remembered um for what kind of husband i was what kind of father i was what kind of brother i was what kind of friend okay. i was um what if it's what kind of employee i, wa I was then um, that's a little bit icing on the mm -hmm. cake. But if being a good employee means that it's going to cost me being a good husband and father, then it's a choice that I'm not right. willing to make. Yeah, sure. And yeah, I, and I don't know if that's the case or not, but if you set it up in that way, then it becomes a little bit zero sum. So, you know. Um, yeah. So anyways, I know we're kind of running up on, on some time here. Maybe we'll uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and, and save it for another <laughs> another another time. So. Um. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, this, 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 yeah. thank you for listening. For those of you that are still listening. <laughs> all right. Catch you later. <laughs>